Welcome back to the One a Week Podcast, everyone. I'm Matthew. I'm Jonas. And this week, we are joined by a special guest. Dakin, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, hey, I'm uh, Dakin. Happy to be here. You know, friend of the showrunners. It's always fun to have a guest on. Yeah. All right, so Dakin... This feels very, that felt very formal. You, you were the one behind the pick for this week, so do you want to get a little bit into why? Yeah, of course. So uh, I picked Red... By King Crimson. Uh, probably their second most popular album behind, of course, In the Court of the Crimson King, uh, which is by far their most popular and most well-known uh, album. I mean, it's basically the first prog rock album as Didn't most people... did it come people, out like in the 60s? 1969. It's, a, it's an oldie. I think... I, I think it was performed in 68 and it was released in 69 so it was very very early in terms of what would come after but yeah was, i mean the members come and go like crazy there's not really like a lineup to this band it's it's robert fripp and whoever it's he can pull fripster. off yeah <laughs> it is the the fripster and whoever he can pull off of of other bands and people working on solo projects and coming in out it's it's very loose in that way um, um and yeah can you clarify something for yes. me that i should have looked up so i assumed robert fripp was like front man vocals and everything but like i in looking at some of the stuff for this album it seemed like maybe i was wrong about that what exactly is his role in the band he's i would like I know he plays guitar. Yeah, he he plays guitar. Um, he does do vocals. Other people do vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing I would say is he's like the the guy, if like there ever was one. Because without like him, Michael Jira for Swans, like most likely Swans yes. is like It'd be a, a pretty bunch apt of comparison. different people, but it's always been Michael Jira. It's just at least. the genius and the people who listen to the genius around him. And frequently, people do not listen to the genius, and or he doesn't like them, and they get kicked out of the band, or they leave. So, but yeah, he's with without him, there would be no King Crimson. I mean, he's an eccentric character. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. I got some funny anecdotes. I don't know much about Robert Fripp, the man, but I guess we can get into. I know he's like anti-streaming service. Extremely, which is what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) It's it's very funny. Old person. I have. Red, expanded and remastered. Original album mix pulled up on Spotify on my phone. Oops. I guess we're... We we're can talk about the music for now. People. Yeah, now we can talk about the music, which yeah. is what this podcast is for. Yeah, um, so they tell me. So I've heard in the court, I think it's mm-hmm. quite good, um, but I, on, I didn't really expect what I heard on this. I've heard, I had heard Starless before, mm-hmm. um, but this album was a lot like heavier. Oh, yeah. A lot more like thrash than any other King Crimson I'd ever heard before. And even Starless has a little bit of that, but not to the extent that, like, the title track or, like, Another Nightmare. One More Red Nightmare. One More Red Nightmare. Those were super heavy songs. It's, uh... And that's that's part of the reason why I really like this one in a a different way than from my, uh... in, In a different way from In the Court of the Crimson King. Because In the Court of the Crimson King is very sort of like traditional like sort of prog rock of that time and what it i mean it inspired you know bands like uh yes you go on i mean uh, gentle giant you know i could go on and on but 
you know that he it inspired a sound you know that would become to be called prog rock and then this is prog rock but they they really get into i mean in the court of the crimson king um 21st century schizoid man is i think maybe the first hard rock song like in history it's a heavy song and i mean this is just a sort of you know progression of the sound i mean they had a bunch of albums i think three in between this one um but this this is like really a sort of just step not forward or backwards but just like to the right or to the left Different in terms styles. of style yeah yeah and i i, I gotta say i like it because a lot my main issue with in the court if i even have any would just be kind of it, it like has like super airy kind of sound i like the more like rough textured type thing going on here and especially with the percussion i really like a lot of the percussion all over this thing because it's varied it has a lot of like depth to it like when the there that wood block on Starless mm-hmm. or like whatever's going on with um another nightmare. There's so much like weird percussion in that whole song that I'm a huge fan of. Um so I was glad that they had made some improvements, quote unquote, or at least towards my taste. It had moved a little bit. Um, I don't know, what 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 about you guys? Yeah, Jonas, yeah, you've been a little bit quiet much. over there. Um so I'm a big fan of uh In the Court of the Crimson King and I own it. Um, which I wouldn't have expected, uh, which you also put me on that record because we did the, the trade-off back. Um, and uh, I really like that record, and I really like what it did in terms of like uh, creating a genre, like changing the soundscape. That's like the, the importance of it is not lost on me. But I, I, like, I didn't have intentions to go back and listen to a lot of King Crimson after that because I was like, this is good and this is the one that they're known for and like I appreciate this for what it is but it's not necessarily something I'd seek out um, or f- expand upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through th- this year in particular, um, I, listened to, I listened to a lot of Black Midi this year <laughs> and obviously different bands, different sounds, different styles but Black Midi is like a little bit of you know, like, current day prog in its own sense. They're going prog. Yeah. Um, definitely Cavalcade was heavier in, in that camp. Um, and I, I just listened, and like, a big thing for me was when I listened to In the Court of the Crimson King, not necessarily a, a, a point against it, just a deterrent for me seeking out more like it was at that point in time, I I wasn't used to songs of that length. You know, I'm still used to That's fair. three, yeah. four minute songs. Since then, because that was like eight months ago that I listened to that for the first time. That's kind of gone out the window for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like my favorite releases this year are albums that have like six songs, and each song is like six minutes minimum, and like that's kind of like kind of been beat out of me i'm okay with a really long song now swans Um, fans be like yeah stuff stuff like that uh but i say all of that to say that um i'm glad that i listened to this this record because it's also really really good i very much enjoyed it um i and i had heard starless as well because it's the opening track to a movie called mandy that i absolutely love um 
It has Nicolas Cage going crazy. Yeah. It. So if you enjoy Nicolas Cage going crazy, uh, yeah, it's also a good movie it's on its just, own. Yeah, but it's just a really good movie. It delivers. Um, on the on the Nick Cage. So I, I had heard Starless, um, and seeing Starless in the track lineup was like to me. Um, I thought like, okay, well, that's just gonna be my favorite song. So I'm gonna be comparing everything to that as I go into it, which isn't, again, that's not necessarily like a, a mark against the record, but upon listening, that's not even how it went. Like, I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Fallen Angel more than I enjoy Starless. I can say that right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I enjoy One More Red Nightmare more than Starless because the, the, the instrumental on that track goes nuts. I mean, they all do because, they, like, King Crimson has such talented musicians behind it at regardless of the project i'm assuming definitely for the two i've heard um but like that song in particular is crazy that song's nuts like from start to finish um so it 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 overperformed and delivered for what my expectations were going into it yeah 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 dakin i i i do wonder um why did you choose this one in particular um, this is, I would say the, like, like in the court of the Crimson King has, has become like a meme it, of a like, bit. of yeah. prog rock. It's got it's, the funny face album. Yeah. The Jojo. Looking on, and yeah, and Jojo, Jojo, of course, which is for all the, I mean, for all the shit that Jojo gets about like, oh, like ruining comment sections on videos or whatever, but it, it's. I mean, Iraqi has good taste in music for the most, like, and for the a lot of the started. bands that he references are, are good bands that people should check out, and I'm glad that, you know, it's, he's at least getting people interested in music, like, that's not on the best of the 80s, 90s, and now, <laughs> yeah. which is, I mean, basically radio Nowadays, it's gonna listen to Sam Smith and Charlie Puth. New stand just dropped. Charlie Puth. Um, was JoJo the reason Roundabout and Yes got like rediscovered? Is yeah. that whole yes. thing? Yes. Okay. I didn't know because I've never watched JoJo. Yeah. But, Lol. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm. I've. I. I don't think I was introduced to any bands like just through JoJo, but it it made me more aware of bands that were in my peripherals. That I eventually would get to like Oingo Boingo. I had never listened to them before, but they got some great stuff. And then um, I had listened to King Crimson before the JoJo thing, but independently, I chose to listen to King Crimson. I wasn't watching a JoJo episode, and I was like, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, <laughs> this is some prog rock." No, I, I, I just thought it was funny. Um, I was going somewhere with this. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you originally asked me why I chose this one in particular, and I would say that this. This and In the Court are the are the two King Crimson albums. Like, if you're going to listen to King Crimson, you're going to listen to this one, and you're going to listen to In the Court, and maybe Thrax as, like, as like a, in a, like, very distant third in terms of influence and just, like, Im- importance, I would say. So, but that's that's why I chose it. It's it's the this, sort of overlooked middle child, but it's very 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 good. And I would yeah, say I, I would, it's on the same level as in the court for yeah. me. Maybe not for influence 
sake, but just on quality, quality and yeah. creativity. And what what I think I was reading a little bit about this record. Um, this was like their like farewell record at the time, right? Like they broke up after it came out and ended up reforming. But like this was yes, yeah. this this was. The, I think the band broke up before the, the um, record was even released mm. originally. Like, it was... They they all went their own separate ways, and then Robert Fripp called him back maybe, like, a year and a half later and was like, okay, let's do some more King Crimson. We might do some more music. Yeah, well... Because he was doing his own... He does his own solo stuff a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and, I mean, he's... I know, I know. Starless is like literally a song about, well, like it's about friends breaking up. But I think the implication is it's like this was the song that they made because like they knew it was time for the band to be done, even though they reformed. But like at that time, that's why it was like written. Yeah, and there's a lot of, um, and I think that's why the subject matter is a little bit heavier. I mean, you have a song about, um your brother dying in a knife fight Fallen angel, in yeah. New York City and then you That's have a song a about song. a plane crashing and then you wake up and you realize it was a nightmare was and then you have of course the, the ending song Starless which is very very sort of melancholy and then yeah. the transition into sort of like franticness and everything so yeah all three of those songs you just referenced are like basically like perfect songs they're so good um I, I struggled a little bit with Providence. Oh, I'm gonna four. I'm gonna be real with you guys. I just skip Providence every single time <laughs> yes, I go through this record. Ah, yeah, that one's kind of like. That, I think, and that's why this is sorry to cut you no, off there. Ahead. This this is gonna come into my rating later, but I I I personally I love Prague. I mean, I'll listen to all four 20 minute songs off of Yes's uh, Tales from a Topographic Ocean, um, and I'll listen to those, but. There's a limit to the level of quote unquote out there that I can take, and Providence crosses over that line. It's it's the same thing with like Moonchild does it better. Moonchild is like three minutes, and then it has like people hitting uh, triangles and like lightly tapping on drums for the next eight minutes. And I mean this this is it's eight minutes of sort of ambient like warming up for a jazz performance is what it feels <laughs> yeah, like and that's i what it felt like. and well, I, it's it's a, i think it's i think it's a, it's the only part of this that i do not like and i and i skip it every time which is why if if i would recommend to to buy this physically buy a cd and then listen listen to it once and then i know robert fripp's going to be very mad at me for saying this <laughs> is my opinion but skip Providence, and then just go straight into Starless. You're not missing anything. Yeah, I um I heard it was improv. I read that somewhere. Yeah. it was an improvised um, session. Um, I've been getting into jazz this year, so I did not struggle as much with Providence. I thought it was um it was quite tense. I thought it kept the tone of the song previous and carried it into Starless quite well. I this is obviously all subjective, and I can understand. Like a year ago, I would have skipped this too, because it's it's not as exciting or whatever as the rest of the, um, the whole thing. But I can get into like slower, more ambient, droney kind of things. Not even droney. It's just like um, it's minimal. It's very minimal. Um, but um, I understand its placement on the record, 
and um, I don't know. I like it. I don't know. It just it just it, it was boring to me. I don't know. I, I guess it, it crosses that line for me from I can take a little, you know, banging on the cymbal or the drums, and then like somebody plays like a chord here, and then somebody like picks off of that on like a you know picks up off of that on a trumpet. You know, I can take a little bit of that, but there's there there's that again that line, and I think Providence crosses over it, and in my opinion, so yeah. I mean, I like the. I like the violins. I think those are very cool. And I like how it builds and it keeps building. And then the guitars come in and the percussion is great as always. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a taste thing. I, I like, um, I can like more minimal stuff like this. I don't know. Maybe listen to some jazz. You ever think about that? I, I'm, I'm too, I, you know, I'm anti-jazz. You know, I'm strictly anti-jazz. That's kind of racist. Yeah, Whoa. we're very, we're very anti-jazz over here. That's a little uh, jazz F tier, F tier genre. Um, Why are you anti-jazz, huh? I'm not. I just don't listen mm-hmm. to it. I just, I guess I'm like in practice accidentally anti-jazz. Well, no, now, now I've listened to Providence, so I'm. I'm it, just, I think it requires an appreciation for, for just sound. Oh, the really does not all music <laughs> require, yeah, but just sound on its own merits, not like notes or chord progressions or lyrics or like. But that's what makes music good. That's <laughs> what makes that sound good in my ears. I know, that's, but that, that's the whole point. That so, if you listen to jazz, you're not really going to get a lot of that, which is why it comes down to an appreciation for what they're doing with the sound, what they're trying to elicit, and I think with Providence they achieve, or at least I. I think they achieve what they were going for. Oh, I, th- I think they, I mean, they, they put it on the record for a reason. So they, they thought they thought it deserved to be on yeah. the record. But I've, I've heard some very poor ambient pieces in my time. What's the, what's the one track on the latest Clipping album that's like jazz noise? Um, Eaten um, Alive. I don't like that song. I've grown on that, like song. that song. It's, I, I skip that one every time. Um, it just, it's, it's abstract. And that's not for everybody, and I get that. And I, it, that's I think that comes down to, I don't listen for music for noises to like, and then for me to like piece them together in my head, abstractly. Like I'll take dissonance. I will take, you know, there's got to be, you know, the calm before the storm. I'll take decrescendos. I'm not. I don't want like a pop music track obviously i mean i suggested red by king crimson but then there again there's there's that line and i feel like it crosses it yeah. oh well it's a feel thing yeah i it think is. i think my at the end of the day my issue with it is this so it, five tracks right yes mm-hmm. and i think red uh fallen angel uh one more red nightmare and starless are all near perfect or perfect tracks and then there's providence sandwich not right in the middle but it's not like at the top or the bottom of the album so it's like compared to those other four i don't like it nearly as much and then it's still a very long song so i'm like okay well if i want to listen to this front to back which my for the for the podcast i did i listened to it front to back i was like i have to sit through this if i want to get to starless another really really good track that i really really like so i just don't think you're letting yourself like it 
I no, I I I think I, I, think, I think I'm in control of what I like or not. Well, you I, said you, I, you shouldn't have to try time, to like the whole time you're thinking. Just want to get to Starless. I feel like that's taking you out of the song because I've had that happen to me before. There's like, songs I don't like. But what? But he went into it like he said. He he was like, oh, I'm gonna be comparing everything to Starless, and then he and heard then, the first three songs, yeah. and he was like, okay, this is. And then well, the he hits the is, brick wall. The other one is wildly that is different, and it's important to understand jazz's role in Prague. It's very important. It's a very important aspect of the sound. I don't think Prague would exist without jazz. That it's the combination of those two things. That's brought up. So the okay. jazz side of things, I understand not liking it. I'm just I'm defending it. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. This is a fact. This is I think that having more jazzy pieces on a prog album is important. And they did that on In the Court and I'm sure other albums of theirs. They've done more kind of improvisational pieces. Um, I'm not going to get you two to like it, obviously, but um, I'm defending but it, it's, it's No, it's good, to, it's good to have... The back the, and forth is good. Yeah. I, you know, and I will say this, you have a better argument in defense of it than I have against it. My argument against it is, eh, it's just not my thing. And at the end of the day, well, here I'll, that's, that's, that's what it's going to go. You're going to go more nuanced? I'm going to put a little bit more nuanced. <laughs> You're going to go nuanced on it? But I feel like jazz, I mean... On its own, you know, like, oh, it breaks down the waltz, and then you do the blah, 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 like the music theory side of it. Like, jazz is very heavily music theory based, like the like the like this type of jazz that's used on Providence, I would say. Yeah. It, re- it requires that level of appreciation. And I think that, um, that prog rock, what it does is it, it takes the, the best of, like, the instruments that are used, like the, the same instruments that the that the Beatles used, is what uh, King Crimson used in um, in the Court of the Crimson King. Added, of course, and then they added that jazz influence: the flutes, the trumpets, you know, the different style of percussion, the, the rhythms. It's all jazz rhythms. It it is, and then there's, but I th- I think it's the best of both worlds. There's yeah. You you take the best stuff out of jazz, which is you get the really sort of just in your face, you know, like if you want somebody, you know, a trumpet, you know, the classic sort of brass, you know, like you can't ignore that when it's playing in a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you take all those rhythms and then you all the chord progressions, the sort of different time signature stuff, you know, the all the out there, quote unquote, stuff. And then you mix it with something that's, you know, like, like early Beatles stuff, and like even some of the later Beatles stuff. Like I'd say, like sixty percent of the Beatles stuff is like bleh, in terms of like sixty <laughs> percent. No, like the because they put out like three albums. They put out Hard Day's Night. They did like Meet the Beatles. And they were like a boy band. Yeah, yeah. The, the they took the like the Buddy Holly like oh, I'm gonna do it, and like like that style of rock and roll, and you know that has its own merits, but it's not engaging i would say the same way that this is and i think that you get that from mixing the best parts of jazz so i just that's you saying 60 percent of the beatles stuff is bleh is a very it's dangerous hot statement hot take i call it, it a hot take it's they you can just they, say they have a lot of stuff is i would say pre-rubber soul like, isn't as good and not as consistent and even then it's still they still has its 
which has good stuff by that standard. Yeah, but not as consistent. And I, I think sixty percent is a is a gross over like you. You you want to listen to the whole white album front to back and tell me every piece okay. on that is why a masterpiece? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Why are we talking about the Why are we talking about the Beatles now? We're talking about King Crimson. We are. We're talking about King Crimson. We're gonna get. We're gonna get taken off the air. By who? Your dad and your brother? Yes. Yeah. They're gonna call the Beatles me. police. They'll well, ground me. Uh, I wish everybody on iFunny thinks the Beatles suck. They do. They're all like, the Beatles have like three good songs, and the rest. They don't have. Okay, I'll say this: they don't have three good songs. They have a little bit more. And even if you don't personally like them, you can't be like they're like overrated because they're super. I'm talking about the Beatles. They're very. They're very important. King King Crimson, Red, 1974. Um, nice more like metal sound to it than mm-hmm. in the oh, court yeah. had mm-hmm. not complaining about in the sound of in the court at all though but i think one more red nightmare is the most like the most important track on this album even if it's not the, like the one that's the most popular just because i feel like that is the one that is the most out there that they were like we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna do this sound we're gonna make it quite different from everything else and it it works it works mm-hmm yeah. That I that one, even though it's not my favorite track, that one stood out the most to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, you got some notes you want to go over? Um, go into your. I think we've been notes. over it a lot, but a lot of it. Um, Providence stinky. Yeah, that's what I. That's stinky. what I. I did Did I say stinky? That's yeah, yeah, I did put stinky <laughs> on there. That's I forgot a little I less uh, nuanced than um, you know, it, I think it crosses the line. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, let's see, for, yeah, um... I thought you said you had some stuff you wanted to say. Oh, yeah, that's Robert right. Frick. Oh, yeah, so there's some funny stuff about him in terms of... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, so copyright. He is a very, very, very lawyer-happy musician. There's, like, a yeah. there's like a famous joke of, like, uh, you, like, use, like, 15 seconds of in, uh, in the Court of the Crimson King, uh... Robert Fripp's gonna come and get you, and I mean, he he goes after people. He is, well, it, he was screwed by record companies a couple times in his life, and that has made him very very cautious of ever allowing his music. Like, like yeah. it, he's like, if I, if you do anything with my music, I want to be the one who like okay's it. Mm. And he's like, there. So for the longest time, uh, King Crimson stuff was not. On YouTube, it would get actively taken down by the uh, label that Robert Fripp uses. Um, like, like when you go and you look up a song on YouTube, you just type it in. You know, if it's an older song, it'll have like lyrics uploaded, like in two thousand nine. And you know, somebody put the music in B three, and then they put the slideshow with the words on it. And yeah. then there's like the official band like you know their music page and it's like okay here's one and then you can go find the playlist with all the songs on it yeah king crimson did not have that for the longest time <laughs> it it did not have um in the court which is his most the most famous album it didn't have uh red either it had some like like I think like Lark's tongues and aspic was like the only like, and then like live stuff and and uh, unreleased demo tracks, and it was. You can have those on YouTube. Yeah, but not it, the good stuff. No, he was, and I think there's been 
I, I think he's gotten into trouble with some streaming services too, to where he was like, I don't know, what's I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering this, but I think he was one of the title people, who was like, I'm gonna only put my music on title and Jay Z, and <laughs> oh, we're gonna man. upload the the oh, flak man. files Fall and it's gonna Titans. be. And it's going to be one gigabyte long. If you want to download the song, you can download it at its 100% resolution. One gigabyte uh, song. So, Like you're there. It's just like you're there. Put it in the surround sound. $400 setup. It's like it's like they're playing in my living room. <laughs> yeah, well, too bad not a lot of people have a $400 yeah. setup or and would even appreciate the quality that comes with that. But besides the point, so that's just some funny stuff when it comes to the old man in music he industry. Let Kanye West use a 21st century schizoid man sample he did. on that on that little song that small little song nobody's ever heard yeah nobody <laughs> power you know little known nobody and then um Mandy it's, yeah he's got and Mandy but other than that I don't think I've ever heard a King Crimson song outside of me listening to it on Spotify yeah so I, I guess it makes sense that he's very stingy he's Cautious. I would extremely property. cautious to the point of being almost like hermetical in the, <laughs> in the, in the amount that he ever allows. Yeah. I don't. I I don't know of any other big artists who are like that. Um, and I mean, he's not even like huge. He's he's big for people who like know about rock history. I guess I don't know. Like and, that's just and, and, and it's changed. Like, it's it's, it's yeah. changed very gradually. He's as it's become harder and harder to deny that like people want to go on youtube and just like plug in your song and listen to it it's, yeah that's just, just that's so to weird to me that like he's like for a long time actively was like oh people want to i like people want to hear what i do and possibly grow my legacy and fan base no not allowed like that's so weird to me and and he's very anti-streaming and creating your own playlists he is one of those people who's like I mean, he he would disagree with me and Jonas like skipping problems. He would be like, "You don't deserve so to Robert have this Frick album." Only likes me. Yeah, yeah. you'd be Guys. his favorite. You'd be his favorite. Congrats! I'm you I'm gonna suck up. And podcast new lineup gonna be me and Rob talking about. Uh, I don't. What is he? He probably to? have what like a think? lot of cool stories about like working with. I mean, he's worked with like a whole bunch of people in in, in Prague and just outside and just like the general rock. And is he like still making music oh, in yeah. some way? Oh yeah, he's still. Um, they they did like a very famous live, I think in like Pompeii, I think, um, and, like th- three years ago. And then they're on tour. I don't know if they're still on tour because of COVID stuff, but they were um, on tour. They're, I mean, he's he's got his own touring lineup, and he's he's out there doing stuff. And when so. you look up King Crimson, it says King Crimson are a UK based band. Yes. Not was wow. like many bands, like Talking Heads. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Talking Heads. This guy gone but not forgotten. Because David Byrne is still around, so and he's still making stuff. His most recent outing was in that John Mulaney special. <laughs> Good for not him. even a joke, and he was funny in it. Um, yeah, King Crimson. Good band. Yeah. Good do album. We want to get into like closing. Yeah, we can do creating. closing. Yeah. All right, um, Matthew, you go first. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I liked just the just the sound of the record. I liked. Well, um, I'd hope so. Well, <laughs> just I know I know because music a lot of times people just think of it as like what notes are being played or like what 
like the the beat do the beat go hard but, it's a vibe bro it's a it's vibe and that very common phrase that is thrown around everywhere but like the textures of the guitar strokes and the percussion i just love the percussion on every single song in this whole album all five songs that's a lot but i i just i really like how crisp everything is and i like how varied it is like there's there's like those like heavy guitars but then it'll be like it almost sounds like synths like uh like on the title track there's that part that breaks into like the i i thought it was synths at first but then when you listen closely you can tell it's kind of just guitar yeah but it, it shows how like varied they were they, they were, were in the studio crafting that sound that they were doing with the guitar trying to yeah. figure out how to make it work i'm sure there were a lot of foot pedals in there or just a lot of like messing with the yeah, amps and yeah, stuff mess with the the amps and, and all that um and i'm I, I i'm really happy that they did that and i'm i'm it was just super creative it kept me engaged all the way through and yeah i'm i'm feeling a uh, a on this one solid a big, big numbers um yeah i'm i really liked it um i i it's just way better than i expected it to be i didn't think it was going to be bad but i thought it was going to be so so on it but no i'm feeling almost as good on this one as i felt about in the court of the crimson king uh favorite track fallen angel i think that's a banger and it's also an emotionally heavy song um i'm sitting at a b plus for this one all right Oh, you didn't say favorite track. Do I gotta? Um, it's hard to pick. To. Um, I'm, uh, you, I really never... like one more red nightmare. I really like it's that song. It's a very good song. I that's probably my favorite. But Starless is crazy good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Hard to pick. Yeah, my my favorite song is uh, one more red nightmare. And uh, I mean, with and you know, I'm without. Providence, I would say this is a perfect <laughs> album. This is a without perfect... Without that song that we talked about the, for ten minutes. The Providence question. Yeah, without that, perfect perfect album, but even with it, it's. I mean, it's not that bad. I press skip on Spotify, I press next track on my CD player. I, I, I pretend like it does not exist. I do, I scratch it off, I go and I write it out, you know... I uh, redacted. I give myself mental implants, and I whenever I it turns into static you on the sigh screen. Out yourself. Someone, someone's like, "Hey, you heard Providence?" And Dickens like, "What? The huh? What? Huh? Who's Doctor Fauci? Yeah, who's who's Providence?" <laughs> no, but you uh, can't you can't do inside jokes. While yes, we're I can. It makes no my sense. podcast. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, great. I'd give it a. I'd give it an A. All right. Solid nice. A. Well, uh, next week, we'll be back to just Matthew and me. Yeah, um, two losers hanging out. Truly. True. Um, but next week, uh, it is my turn to pick, and I am picking the new Lingua Ignota album, Sinner Get Ready. came out, like, last week, um, and uh, I've already listened to it a little bit. Uh, that's a lie. I've already listened to it a lot, um, and I want Matthew to listen to it, and I want to talk about it. For a long time. So, Sinner Get Ready next week. That's what we're listening to. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you for joining us, Dave. Oh, yeah. Happy to be on. Thank you, guys. Okay.